Geekish Cast, episode 101, the creator of M Comics and Chaos Inc., Valente Ochoa. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today I am joined by Valente Ochoa of M Comics. How are you doing, Valente? All right, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for taking the time. We met about a month ago or a month and a half ago at Modesto Con. Yeah, Modesto Con. So great. how how did that day turn out for you? It was wonderful. I I, uh, I learned now that may, um, next year I'm going to bring more stuff because we sold out completely. Uh, I actually only had 40 comic books to sell, and I'd be, I was like, oh, I'll be happy if we sell 10. You know, but uh, but they all sold, and uh, like we were done before four o'clock. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was like really great. I had I don't know if you, remember, you saw the spinning wheel. Yep. I had the spinning wheel, which I, I thought could bring people uh, to the table because everyone wants to spin a wheel, win something. Especially right. when I told people first uh, first spin is free. So they come up to the table, they spin. I had uh, stickers, uh, magnets, buttons, cookies, cupcakes uh, to give out. And um, and then while they were there, then I you know uh, do a little salesmanship. Say, oh, while you're here, uh, I want you to check out uh, Chaos and Company. So I was like, it was great. Metasocon was a huge success. Yeah, lots of people showed up. Yeah, they, I don't think they thought nearly as many were going to show up as did. Yeah, no, I know. We didn't know what to expect. You were the first person I met there. Yeah, and that was really cool. Uh, so I was like, all right, nice. It's going to be uh, next door to a, to a podcast. And that's yeah. what, that was really cool. And then when you said, uh, if I had a moment to talk, I was like, oh, wow. So I'm, like, I'm a huge fun, uh, podcast nut. Oh, okay. That's all I do at work is just listen to a lot of podcasts. It helps me through the day or whatever. So, uh, so when I heard that, I was like, oh, that would be cool. Uh, but like on the spot uh, moment... I, you know, I'll get all jittery and stuff. I, I was like, uh, give me some time. <laughs> give me some time to get my, my thoughts together and stuff. And especially I have something to talk about like uh, Modesto Khan. Right. You know, um, I, I, I'm looking forward to the next one because uh, since that one was such a, such a success. Now I know I probably need to get maybe 200 comic books. Uh, or at least, and, at least 100. Oh, at least. Yeah. I, I mean, for like, that's like, that could go in like one day. Uh, you never know what the second day is going to be like and stuff. But uh uh, and, and more stickers because I ran out of all that too. I wasn't sure, you know. I was like thinking at the end yep. of the day we'll have uh, you know scraps of this, and we don't know how many books. But no, we we're all done. And uh, uh, Chaos and Company was a comic book I, I created with two friends. Uh, my friend Chelsea Bird just helped me ink it, and my friend Levon Curtis did the cover for me. And so I asked them, would you guys like to sit at the table with me? Because that would be great to have uh, my inker and my cover artist there. And uh, they had a blast because they had never been to a comic book convention like that before. And got to sign their names on comic books. That's cool. It was my second convention that I'd ever been to. Because uh, last year I went to um, uh, WonderCon. Oh, okay. Yeah, in Anaheim. That's when I was working at the at the pig at the time. They helped uh, they helped me financially support my trip to uh, nice. Yeah, to yeah. Uh, WonderCon, and that was great. And I was selling M Comics there, and uh, that was that was amazing. That was an amazing experience because uh, it's really the first con I ever got to go to. Uh, I never really, I've never really been to one before, and then to to go to my first uh, comic book convention and have a to have, and have a table there, uh, it was it was great. Okay, so that was your first real con besides WonderCon. It was your first one that you had a table at. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you this: So, how did you initially get into comic books? 
Okay, well, um, when, uh, let me see, when I was uh, 15 years old, uh, we, I was in uh, Mexico. My family and I would go to Mexico every once in a while, visit family or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, we ended up staying there a little longer than usual, so I ended up going to school there. I needed to improve my, my Spanish uh, reading and writing skills. Okay. Uh, so I had gotten into comic books there. I uh, would read Mexican translated comic books of, like, uh, Archie. Which became one of my favorites. Uh, a few other ones uh, I can't I can't recall right now what they're like. A little Lulu, at least. That's oh, what, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so they were all you know they're all translating Spanish. So I got to learn how to read and write in Spanish better. So uh, and then while I was at it, I just you know I already I've already been drawing uh, like forever. Anyways, just doodling or whatever. Uh, uh, so I was just like I I I, um, I want to start writing a little bit more. Uh, uh, Serious comics, like with characters with humans in them or whatever, have a, have a story or a plot. Because at that point, like since I'd been ten, uh, when a cartoonist came to our school one day, and I, I was already drawing, like I said, I'm like, ha, ah, I could put them together, make a comic strip. I was drawing comic strips about cats, uh, sure, <laughs> funny animals, yeah, that sort of thing, just comic you know. strips. I wasn't doing anything like a comic book. And then when I when I started getting into these uh, these types of comic books, uh, I was like, oh, this is this looks cool. This looks like something that we have. You know, I, I have a huge imagination, and I could come up with my own stories and just create characters. And yeah, it was because of that, basically, uh, Mexican comic books. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Did you read any any actual Mexican comics, like ones that were created by people in Mexico, or are yeah. they almost all translated? Nah, there were some, because uh, I don't know if you remember uh, a band called like Menudo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bands like Menudo, and there were like some other bands, uh, uh, you know, uh, pop stars, kids, uh, okay. and they had series of comic books for them. And that's what I got into, and um, the types of comic books that I, that I ended up writing like in the 90s were kind of a throwback to those, because they were adventures of teens you know and just because uh uh you know i was a teen i grew up in the in the 90s and uh it was just really uh a throwback or uh you know something to, to to that effect sure yeah so i had a lot of fun and uh what changed everything into creating like a character like m like trying to do, go into a superhero type of thing because M's not necessarily a superhero like not by any means but well, i wanted to create somebody who was like that uh 89 tim burton's batman and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I need to create, you know, I need to move on to this stage now to start to move into like maybe some action comics. Okay. Well, that certainly makes sense. Um, so you are self-publishing your comics. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to kind of focus on a little bit the business side and, you know, how you pay your bills while oh. you're doing that. <laughs> well, cause no, cause I think a lot of younger people think, well, I'm going to self-publish this comic and that's all I'm going to have to do. Uh, but it doesn't really work out like that. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you're going to – you have to be standing in the right place at the right time to actually yeah. make it full-time as a comic artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, seriously. So, um, at what point did you decide to self-publish, and what have you done to kind of fund – you know, what is it mm-hmm. – give me an idea. The very first book that you did, huh. how did you set it up? How did you collaborate? How did you get it to print? How did you fund it? Okay, well – um, uh, I went to art school in San Francisco, and I, um, the first comic book that I had self-published was uh, my M comic, M number one. That started off as a class project for uh, the graphic novel. And so um, I just drew this. Uh, this is... That's, um, well, you know, actually, you know, we know we got about 10 minutes at least then, so... I'm sorry, where did I break you off at? We were talking about your um, M comics. M comics, uh, uh, where, um, uh, how I got it all started. So uh, I drawn it in, um, in art school in 2012. And 
uh, I ended up leaving the Art Institute, but I kept drawing comics. I just, I, I finally, you know, it had been a few years since I had drawn anything. So I was finally on a roll again because, well, I went to school with the purpose of becoming a better artist and also a better writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to AI to actually become an animator, but um, like several thousands of dollars later, I realized I just want to stick to uh, comics. Yeah. I, I, this, I really love doing this. Not that there's anything wrong with being an animator, but, uh, you know, being an animator, you're, uh, you're uh, you know, like a cog in a machine that creates something, you know, absolutely wonderful. But I'm not a cog in a machine. I want to be the guy cranking the machine. You know? Sure. I'm coming up with these ideas. I want to do something. So, um, I, uh, uh, 2013, I was living in Berkeley, and I just continued with the series. I had at least um, six of them done, and I'd been looking online. I'm in living in Berkeley. Images there, you know? Right. Uh, I... I you know, I may have showed a few people. I may have sent some stuff here and there to uh, to, to just a couple of publishers, but um, and and got back you know uh, nice critiques and everything. But just I guess it just wasn't their thing. But um, I was like, ah, I got to look into self publishing because I think that that at least you know um, if I could just I just wanted to print one and hold it in my hands, right? You know, just it's something I created. That was really the goal at that point. I'm like, ah, if I can't get it published and get distribution, no big deal. Let me let me let me do this on my own. I'm not gonna give up. So, uh, eventually, uh, I stumbled onto Lulu.com and uh, figured out how to download everything up to their specs and everything. And um, so I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. But they needed a thirty, at least a minimum of thirty six pages, and the first M is only fourteen. Uh, because uh, it was a school, it was a school project, like I said, and the teacher originally wanted it to be seven, and I had shown him a lot of my old work, and I said, uh, "Is there any way I could make it longer than that?" He's like, "Okay, you, normally I'd give fourteen if you're working with somebody else, but I, you know, you, I've seen you have some experience with this, so I'll give you 14 I'm like, "All right, fine, that's enough to at least get just the introduction, introduce M, and all that." But fourteen pages in my and the way that I write now, my comic books are at least twenty, twenty-four pages, and I'm like. Four, seven pages. I can't do something in seven pages. Seven pages. M's not even awake yet. Like you gotta give me something here. Uh, so, uh, all right, Lulu.com. Downloaded the first M. I had to add in some new stuff. So I added like character profiles and uh, original drawings, original sketches and stuff, and just did a lot, added a lot of filler material just to get a thirty-six page book. Um, well, thirty-six pages for for sequential art—that's uh-huh. a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially these days when you're talking your average comic is twenty to twenty-two pages. Yeah, true. Um, thirty-six is—I mean, that's that's a graphic novel. That's when you started to get into graphic novel length. Yes. So yes. yeah, you got to you got to come up with some filler. Uh huh. I'm surprised uh-huh. that your art school—they went with seven pages instead of eight and it, sixteen. That's I know. a weird number. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a, the class assignment because the class uh, was. Uh, the graphic novel mm-hmm. and you know it's a and you know as a fan of graphic novels because i mean yeah i read archie and all that stuff when i was a kid but you know when i read frank miller's electra lives again yeah oh i was like i didn't even know comics could be so good yeah that's and yeah it's like it's the quintessential graphic novel it's like oh this is wonderful you know and i got into frank miller's work and everything so i was like um i was really uh happy that when the, lulu uh, published it and I got my copy back. It, it's in this uh, where the the edges are, you know, it's boxed. So you know, you've seen you, you know, like the M comic I gave you and like how Chaos and Company, their little graphic novels are not like where they're folded at the side. Like I right, think, you know, originally that's what I wanted, but when I saw this, I was like, oh wow, they're like it's like a little graphic novel. And I, you know, flipping through the pages, I was just like, what do they call be, that? Perfect bound. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this could be so much. So much more now that I knew, because uh, you know I'd already had six M comics done, 
and they were all under 20 pages. I'm like, now I know. Now I know what I could shoot for. I could expand the comic. And I've always wanted to do that anyways because uh, I just like writing. I like content. I like having sure. a lot of stuff to look at. Because you know, when I read comics, uh, it's like, you know, uh, 40 maybe 50% comic book, and the rest is all ads. There's a lot of, a lot of ads from cover to cover. So I'm like, I want content from the beginning. Uh, so after um, Lulu uh, printed the comic book, and I got it in the mail, and I'm holding it in my hands, and I'm like, this is it. This is all I wanted to do. I, I, just, I was just holding it. And like, I could die today happy, because here it is, I, I, something physical. I'm holding it in my hands. I, I've left my mark. And if this is all I ever do... You know, like, honestly, I would die happy, like, at that moment. Yeah. But... I know what you mean, because, like, when I had this sign, this is this is good audible content. I'm going to point to a sign behind me right now that you can see, but nobody oh, else yeah. can. <laughs> when I got this sign and the t-shirts with our Geekish Cast logo yeah. on it, and then I sent those t-shirts out to, like, friends in Salt Lake City yeah. and San Francisco, and then I got pictures back of people wearing it, and I'm like... <laughs> Holy shit, it's actually tangible. Yes. It's something you can really touch. So I, I do understand that. It's a great feeling. Yeah. Um, so back in my day, when I first tried to self-publish comic, it was the 90s. And we didn't have the internet really yet. I mean, you had BBSs, but not the same kind of access to content you have now. Yeah, so everything we knew about self-publishing, we got from Dave Sim, the creator of Cerebus. Okay. He oh. actually, in 7 or 8, and I'll see if I can find the links if they're still out there. Mm. But he spent in what would normally be the letter section of seven or eight issues of Cerebus and laid out how to self-publish. And um, that's how we started looking at it and reading about it. And So when you decided to self-publish, how how did you research? What did you do to... Um, I, you know, Google, you Google self-publishing and and a lot of sites will come up and, uh, you just gotta, you gotta kind of roll the dice. I didn't have any, um, reference, uh, back then. I didn't know who to ask. Yeah. I didn't know anybody who had self-published. So I just looked at it on my own and made just a roll of the dice, chose Lulu, uh, had nothing to do with price. Cause, um, I recently heard, uh, uh, when you had the cartoonist who published, uh, who published, uh, that book they went through, was that again? Um, Action Lab. Yeah, I, oh no, no, no. Where did he, no. RA comics? R-A yeah. Comics, when he did uh, his uh, originally. Yeah. yeah. I looked at them too. I just saw them recently. I'm like, well, I, uh, you know, I'm aware of them now. I'm like, maybe I could give, uh, that a shot. Cause I'll do the, the publishing with the binding on the side. Yep. And I would like to see one like that eventually just traditional see saddle stitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah or not yeah. saddle stitch where they call that. It's the uh, gate. So, I, I don't know. I thought it's it where was they, it's where they crap. They, mm. they put the three staples in it though. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was saddle stitch. Maybe yeah, that is. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember, <laughs> but, um, I, I'm thinking maybe my, th- this new series that I'm going to be publishing soon. Maybe I'll do it that way. Cause it's, uh, uh, just, cause I, I, it would be nice to, uh, have the classic, comic was out but I, I chose lulu um the prices seem uh i mean i guess uh somewhat reasonable because there's different ways you could print it because there's the 80 pound uh print that's like what with the chaos with that comic yeah. book is that uh, where it's like glossy and it's really in a suite but there's the 50 pound which is more like almost like the recycled paper that's the one that i sold at MoresoCon, and it was on a pure accident though I can't tell you the accidents that that led to uh, uh, the whole putting together of of, of chaos, um, <laughs> but uh, I'll get I get that later. But um, Lulu did a good job. I liked it. I was happy with it. Yeah. Um, you now, could, now Lulu is a they're kind of like Cafe Press or something, but they they uh, do book printing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's kind of the difference mm-hmm. there, right? Mm-hmm. So with Lulu, your your cost is going to be a bit higher per oh, yeah. issue, but that's just part of self publishing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean yeah, that's yeah. just 
part of the part of the deal you cut when you do it. So yeah, my comics are more expensive. Now, are all of your comics full color? Because the ones you gave me are. Mm-hmm. So everything you do is like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, so so nine or ten bucks or something like that. It's not that big a deal. Nah, and I I, I tried to uh, to uh, give the biggest discount that I can on them because uh, you can lower it, you can mark them down as much as you can, time down to forty, fifty, maybe even sixty percent. And I did that with all of them. Got them as low as I can because I didn't want them over twenty bucks. And I even lowered my own whatever I get back from them because I'm like I, I don't care right now. I just wanted to sell them. I just rather just get it out there. I don't care if I make a dollar off of each one and Lou makes, you know, 19 for whatever, you know, if it's a right. $20 comic, that's fine. I just want to get it out there. Make, you know, later on down the line, I get, you know, that, you know, that's not even my goal. I just want to get it out there. Yeah. You know, but, um, uh, I've been really happy with their quality. Uh, and just, uh, by, at this point I've published, uh, technically 18 M comics and every single one of them, uh, you know, I was. Will, I'll always order one, and, and I'll get it back and stuff. And I'm always just. I'm always happy with it. With so, the, what do you do with your copies? Do you bag them and put them on the wall, or wh- where do you put them? I, I just keep. I just keep them in the second of my room. And the thing is, I don't have all of them because I'll have guests over, and I'm like, oh, here you go. Or someone will be reading something. I'll like, ah, keep it. I'm like, are you sure? Like, well, it's my comic. You know, I yeah, can, I, just I can get one. more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't care. So now I actually don't have all of my comics. I've given so many away. And, uh, uh, I, uh, but yeah, when I got them, when I first got them, so I put them in the plastic bags and within, and like, uh, like, uh, the, the other cartoons that you had when he brought up, when you put your own comic book in the bag, uh, it's, it's just, it's just really such yeah, a great feeling. That's, yeah, when you bag and board your own yeah, book. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> but these, yeah, I never did the boards because, uh, they're already pretty thick. They could. Well, you're yeah. you're specifically, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that, but uh but um yeah, I guess I you know, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean like you were saying yours are more graphic novel style yeah. with perfect bound and square cut. Yeah. yeah. And I think M Comics is a graphic novel series because there's, you know, it's it's pretty violent. <laughs> uh there's <laughs> I know Chaos and Comics is chopped Full of curse words, but M Comics actually doesn't have any curse words. It was more that one was more uh, violent. I was actually trying to keep the language clean on that one because, uh, you know, it's a sci-fi action comedy, mm-hmm. and um, I want I uh, just didn't want to put any emphasis on on cursing. I think the reason why Chaos and Company has so much cursing in it is because uh, I think I was I don't know I was just kind of maybe upset at the time. I felt like I was under pressure because. Metasocom was coming up, and I already had signed up for it, but I didn't know what I was going to sell. Yeah, it's like three months prior to it, and um, I'm like, well, I, you know, of course I could take the M comics and stuff, but that's I, I, that's not me. I already promoted them. I did that at WonderCon. I want to bring something new to the table. I don't want to sell something I was selling last year. Right. So uh, I I had nothing on my mind, and um, uh, my friend Matt invited me over to his uh, son's birthday party, and... Uh, while I was there, uh, there's all these little kids around, and Matt just turns and says, uh, so you work on any comics lately? And uh, these kids just turn around like, ah, you draw comics? And they were just like, oh, what do you draw? What do you draw? And then um, by just answering all these kids', kids questions, like, uh, oh, I draw this comic book called M. Uh, it's about three friends, M, W, and Chaos. Like, M is the muscle. Uh, w is she's the brains of the operation, and Chaos is you know he's the magical one. He's the he's uh, well everything he touches turns into something shit yeah, or weird. He has, yeah. he has no control over it. 
until he meets M, and I'm explaining it to them because uh, uh, he meets M, and all of a sudden he's got control of his gifts. He doesn't understand why. He thinks maybe it's uh, a coming of age. Like all of a sudden, oh, I can touch things, uh, and uh, and nothing's gonna change. So he helps M escape. He's like, uh, well, uh, maybe you could help me back, help me out with something. So M helps him out. It all leads to just uh, them becoming like great friends and everything like that. But. Um, uh, that was in my in the first two M series uh, books, the first twelve, and at the end of twelve, uh, I'm telling them uh, uh, M leaves, Chaos loses his powers, and when he's hugging uh, W, he turns into a statue, and they're like, "What happens?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm like, I don't know. I, that's why I stopped." And they're like, "Oh, he's going to change it back. What's going to happen?" And, I, and 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 I was like, "I, I don't know." <laughs> I had no answer, and I always try to have an answer to any questions people have about my comics or the characters. So I went home that weekend, and uh, I'm just thinking. I actually was just making mac and cheese, and I was like, do a Chaos standalone. Uh, Just do a Chaos standalone comic book where he's got to go and find M. And it's a continuation of the M story, but it's just chaos on his own, uh, bringing it all back together. Right. So I just wrote the first act. It's going to be a story in three acts, and that chaos and company, the first one that we sold at Modesto Comics, uh, most Modesto Con is the uh, is the first act. Right. Okay. So that's the one you gave me. Yeah. Unfortunately, so I read half of it last night after uh, I got home from Stockton Con. I was going to read the other half this morning, but my internet went out, uh, so I did not get to finish it. But uh, so when I started, I'm like, okay, I know I missed something here because you uh, got a broken piece of crystal in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got characters that I haven't met yet, and he's like, well, where are they? We need to go get him. And everybody's like, no, fuck no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to let the story kind of tell itself in case no one was familiar with the M right. story. So, so that maybe uh, you might be intrigued to want to read the M series. You know, it's not necessary, but. Because uh, like uh, these stories, I wanted them to move forward. So uh, I wanted some of the other characters to make reference to M. Like, why are you friends with this guy? He's crazy. And, like M's and Chaos is like, what are you talking about? He's he's my best friend. Uh, he, no one understands that uh, uh, M. There's just something. Uh, there's something within him that uh, that when he's around Chaos, uh, he's able to control his powers. It's a secret in the comic book that I've, I've yet to reveal. But. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, and Am, like I said, he was the muscle of the operation. And he's kind of crazy. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. That's why I say he's not a superhero. When when uh, people have asked me uh, if it's a superhero comic book, I'm like, no, it's not. And he's not even like an anti-hero. He's just really. Uh, it's more of an action comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and with with bits of with elements of comedy in it because like I'm a very cartoony artist. Uh, when I was in art school. Um, that's one of my teachers told me that I had just this cartoony style. It's not a comic book style like at all, uh, you know. And I and, and you know I've read plenty of comic books. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of stuff, but it's you don't get a lot of these crazy like action scenes and a big. Bull- I'm, I'm trying to tell a story, and it looks I almost took like my skills from like becoming an animator and and put it into, into mm-hmm. the way that I draw. Just, yeah. Um, and so uh, where where it's somewhere like maybe in between um, like Japanese like manga style and it American. reminded me a little bit of that. It also reminded me a little bit of the art style of Rick and Morty. Ah, excellent. Yeah, that's where, great. Where the characters are a little bit simplistic in their line style, mm, but yeah. they're doing things you wouldn't normally see a character <laughs> that that simplistic isn't the right term, but but the renders are very clean. They're just like. 
one line is the outline of the character, the yeah. eyes, mouth, and then what yeah. colors are kind of what distinguish them from there. Yeah. But then they're doing things you wouldn't normally see such a simply rendered character doing. And yeah. that's kind yeah. of the difference. Definitely. I want to have some fun with it. I want to do something that any any kid could pick up and say, like, I could do that. Yeah. You know, I would love that. And I, I, I've gotten a lot of uh, fan art from, from fans and kids. Well, and, and you stuff. publish fan art in the back of your books, yeah, too. Yeah, I love so that. I that's do. really cool. Mm, I, I, I see, because that's something I would have loved when I was a kid. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm basically living my uh, the my inner child's dreams sure. by publishing comic books and then helping other kids with their uh, own dreams. Uh, that's that's what having a dream's all about, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why I'll post well, my, my, uh, my email. Let me it's, ask you something here, because now for a long time, comic books were not selling. Oh, uh, yeah. Like from 98 to last year, comic mm. books were not selling. Even DC and Marvel weren't selling well. Yeah. Uh, but this year, comics are selling better than they have in 20 years. That's cool. Have you, I mean, you must be seeing an uptick even in people having an interest in your book, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So and it's really you nice. don't have a huge marketing uh, mm. budget or anything, right? No, not at all. Yeah, so how do you get the word out about your book? Oh, oh well, okay. Uh, I had to create a, a Facebook uh, profile for it, mm-hmm. uh, just a, a fan site for that, where I uh, could, where I will post links to uh, to the uh, my Lulu dot uh, com website where the comic book is sold and then um and really it's word of mouth uh because if i post something i'm hoping that um you know friends will, will repost it i just you know i don't make a lot of my i'm a, i'm you know i'm a struggling cartoonist i really don't make a lot i gotta have right. a regular job just like everybody else and uh so you know um most of the time i just just working for a living and whatever and um whatever money i can that whatever money i have i'll i'll I could use to uh, promote it. I will like every once in a while uh, when I would release a new comic book. I'll spend like I'll, uh, you know Facebook allows you to spend five to twenty dollars on mm-hmm. boosting a post. So I did that at first, and uh, you know I, I don't see like too many sales revenues and stuff because uh, my M Comics page on on Facebook at only had like under two hundred followers. And out of those 200, at least 100 of them are friends and family. Right. You know, yeah. so, and that's great to have friends and family support. So, but when you get that, that, uh, um, you know, just get fans that you don't know of and stuff. Like maybe they heard it through somebody. I don't know. But uh, when you, when. So word of mouth is a big part of getting the yeah, word out. Yeah, because I don't, I, I really can't afford really to spend a lot on, uh, on advertisements. So uh, for a while there, I was like, I need to create a website. I need to have one central location. Uh, to have links to everything, and I could pay for some advertisement of some sort. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I, I could honestly say, like, thanks to your to your podcast and stuff, and you asking me to be on the, on the show. That I was like, all right, now I need to. I like, lit the fire into my ass. I'm like, I have to create a website now so I can refer to people to it and stuff. This give me an opportunity to uh, to promote the page, and then uh, just and hopefully get some followers, get some feedback, some people to look at it. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, that finally happened like uh, a couple weeks ago. A friend helped me set up. Uh, I bought a domain name. Oh, and, good. Yeah, and then uh, I was a- I was able to post uh, links to every single issue of all my comic books and to my cafe press shop uh, and to my Facebook, everything and to my Twitter. It, it has uh, it's really just the area to go to to find everything of, of my comic books. So I'm like I'm just I'm happy with that now. That's a great next step. Oh that's awesome. Um so what is your what domain do you have? Uh it's called slash mag comics. Slash mag comics. <laughs> yeah it was created by a fifteen year old boy, me, when I was a kid. I just uh that was when I was in Mexico. I thought uh I need a really cool name. I need something that's uh 
it just sounds you know that's a slash mag comics and i came up with that when i was 15 and that became my 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 company my, my sure logo. sure yeah yeah, yeah. Whatever. and so uh, i published everything so i that. i have to wonder do you ever get people looking like for Kirk Spock sex stories on there? Cause, you know what slash means, right? In fan fiction. Oh no. Oh, so you take oh, so like you take Kirk slash Spock, uh-huh. and people write sex scenes between Kirk and Spock. That's nice. What, that's what slash fiction is. Oh wow. So I, I I just wonder if you get people that are on there like going, well, you know. Well, no, but if we if that leaves them there, hey, you know, fine. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, look around. Fuck it. Hey, maybe I'll maybe I'll write something. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It gets people to the site. You gotta look for it. Yeah. You gotta look for it in there. No, I didn't know that. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> no, I, I wanted um, to find something that maybe M Comics or something, but it was taken. I looked up Chaos and Company taken, and I just thought Slash Mag. Like, how could they? How could anyone yeah. possibly have that? And I typed it in. Voila! Sure as shit, <laughs> no one had taken it. So, like, alright, it's mine. All right, I'll buy it. Oh yeah, right that, well, that's that's how I ended up at Geekish Cast. Yeah, I, I was probably there for forty five minutes trying different names. Oh yeah, what you think of before? Oh, what, what did I want to go with? Geek Cast. Obviously, that's the easy one that's been taken. Um, nerd Cast. I mean, I just like geek, nerd, and a bunch of different terms where I ah. tried different versions of cast, podcast, yeah. broadcast, <laughs> blah blah blah. Um, uh, Josh Hanneman, the guy who did the Bigfoot Sword of the Earthman comic. Uh-huh. Lucked out. He actually got BigfootComic.com. I yeah, I remember that. I'm just like, how, first off, how did nobody come up with his idea? I, yeah, and how did nobody yeah. have that title yet? Seriously, yeah, yeah, that was that, outstanding. Yeah, yeah, I remember you guys talking about that. The concept is gold. That really yeah. is gold. Uh, you know, because Bigfoot is just such a draw. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I was lucky nobody had Slash Mag. Well, there you uh, go. Well, yeah. it's a name you had a history with, and it's yeah. one you liked, and there like, you had it. Why not? Uh, when I told my friend that who uh, was familiar with the old title, he's like, I love it. He, he actually yeah. loved it. And I'm like, well, maybe we'll catch on. Well, let's <laughs> talk a little bit about how you work then. So when you're when you're sitting down to write a comic, uh-huh. um, and I'll, I'll phrase this how I understand or how I used to try to do it, but uh-huh. I would write a real loose script, and then I would do thumbnails. And then I'd hand it off to somebody to do the pencils because uh-huh. I didn't I didn't do that part. Uh-huh. So when you're sitting down to do it, you do your own penciling. Yeah. So when do you write and then thumbnail and then tell me a little bit of how you go from your idea to actually putting it on a drawing. All right. Well, I'll I'll um I'll come up with the story first, and then I'll just write myself uh, a paragraph or just a one page synopsis of of uh, what's going to happen in this issue. No dialogue, just basically the run through from beginning to end, and um. When I was at art school, just make a long story short, I learned, I we I read a lot of Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, learned the three X structure and all of that, and so um, I, I put that in mind. But um, I'm like, okay, is this going to be something big uh, or something short? This is going to be a, a short story. So let's just write a short story here. I have a beginning in the middle of an end and an end. I love always ending with cliffhangers, and so okay, I got the story written down. Now I'll write uh, um, a written script uh, with dialogue in it. And then after I have the written script, I, then I start doing the thumbnails. Then, then I'll do that. And then uh, in the process of that, I'll sometimes either trim some of the dialogue or, or expand on it, depending on the page, too. Because the way that I'll structure the page is to make sure that if the page is on the right-hand side, that that last square is going to make you want to turn the page to see what's on the next one. And not to give it away early. If you're going to have a big shot of something... Uh, don't do it on the bottom of yeah, the right hand. Don't do it on the bottom of the right hand. Don't do it yeah. on the right hand because you're gonna want to look. That's yeah. what, you know, I, I, and I always tell people when they start flipping through comics, I was like, careful, <laughs> like don't. You almost gonna give yourself a spoil. You know, don't spoil it. 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll think uh, I'll put the uh, put the uh, blocking together of how I want all that to be done, and I'll make a mock comic book. I'll just draw it up on on regular eight and a half by eleven of of where how it's all going to go, where the bubble where bubbles are all going to be placed, and then once that is all done, when um, that's all uh, happy, uh, I'll uh, get the I'll put it onto the uh, eleven by seventeen. And, um, yeah, I'll do that all in pencil. I was doing everything up until Chaos and Company. I, I was doing everything, the pencils, the inking, the words and the covers. And it wasn't until Chaos where I was like, I want to involve some other people. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's wonderful to be able to say, yeah, I did all of this. But I like to share credit with people. I really well, sure. And it's, collaboration is nice. Yeah. But yeah. it also gives you some breathing room. They definitely. And yeah. it makes it look like it's something that, you know, that like a team put together, not just some guy. <laughs> Uh, so it was really cool to get uh, my friend Chelsea involved because she had wanted to do some uh, inking, uh, an inking project with me. So, uh, um, so we had, uh, like I said, uh, I didn't have an idea for once I got the idea for uh, for chaos, uh, and we had uh, less than three months till till for WonderCon, and on an average, it would take me three months. It could take three months to do a uh, to do a comic book. Uh, uh, chaos ended up being um, from beginning to end. If I add in the titles and then the stuff in the back, seventy well, was it seventy pages? I can't it's something somewhere around that. And I'm like, shit, we got to hurry. I had to time it where we got to do at least two to three pages a day. Uh, and so I would pencil them. I'd, I'd hand them off to her to ink. And sometimes I would do a little bit of inking myself. And what I do is uh, I'll ink. I'll create the characters, just the characters. And then on, on a separate 11 by 17, I do the backgrounds. This is an animation trick. Right. Uh, that's one of, the, just one of the tools I used for, uh, from, from animation where uh, I keep them separate. That way I could concentrate on just uh, on, on inking the characters and, and have Chelsea ink the characters. And then I'll do the backgrounds and then I'll add that stuff in uh, uh, afterwards. And then, okay, so once the characters are on the page... Uh, and the backgrounds are on there. Everything's uh, I, I the backgrounds are already be colored, so then I'll individually color the characters and um, then do the words. Uh, I'll create a new now. So are you compositing in Photoshop at this point? Oh yeah. Okay. At that point, it's all Photoshop because uh, we'll draw we'll draw it on the eleven by seventeens, and then I scan them. And after that, the page is. Done. Do you have an eleven by seventeen scanner? No, no. I'll, uh, I have a regular. I have to scan half. Okay. Scan half. Black, it's in black and white. Put it together on on Photoshop, and then and then go from there. Okay. Yeah, I uh, those eleven those eleven. I said they're ex, they're expensive. Yes, they are. And that's w- that's why I was asking about that. <laughs> I wanted well, one really bad. I may ask some odd questions, but yeah. it's because I want if somebody's sitting at home thinking, "Well, I got an idea for a comic book." Yeah. I want them to hear how somebody oh, else yeah. has tackled it. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. If you don't have a scanner, I would just suggest going to Kinko's because that's what I did when I was in the Bay Area because I didn't have a scanner. I had to go to Kinko's and have them scan it. Or uh, when my uh, brother used to work at one here, uh, he would do it for me. And so, uh, yeah, you scan them and um, uh, working, on, uh, working on Photoshop, I'll uh, create a new page where I do the word bubbles. Just just type them in, highlight whatever, use Comic Sans because I don't really have a lot of uh, fonts. Uh, yeah, fonts. And it's, well, it's Comic Sans. I'm not going to go in for anything fancy here. Let's right. Just, let's just something basic. Maybe someday I'll get something better. But for well, now, I think I, you'll have to check me on this. I think Blambot still has some fonts oh. you can use for free. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. I, I seen that stuff. I, I I should really look into that more. It was I looked into that a long time ago. Now I'm finishing up. 
up the words. I do it just almost the same way that I just do the comic. I'll open up a new page, type in the words, do the word bubbles and everything. I've gotten that's a process that I've gotten better at over the years. So just because honestly, when I did the first M comic book, I was using a regular paint. <laughs> like on oh sure yeah yeah you know, I, I I mean I was going to an art school at it, but I I hadn't uh, perfected uh, Photoshop. I hadn't gotten like very well at it. I, I was just by looking at tutorials and just. Uh, just, you know, just getting better at it by just using it so many times. But uh, after I get the words together, I'll cut and paste them onto the uh, onto the page where the artwork is. Add the action words like pow, bang, bang whatever the heck. Because I have sound all those... effects and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I'll have a separate page where after I, you know, if I need a sound effect, I'll I'll draw it and then put it in there. Red, uh, manipulate the size of it, and then. Uh, once I have the document saved, I'll shrink it down to the size which Lulu wants for printing, which is uh, 6.625 by 10.25, something like that. Uh, it's a it's, it's big hassle, but I guess that's the size that they all want them at or whatever. But uh, if uh, if anybody's interested in, in doing something like that, like whatever uh, self-publishing site you, you find, you know they'll direct you on, on, on all that. I guess you just got to really know how to use that. Uh, Photoshop or whatever to get your documents at that size, but it's a um, it's a tedious labor of love. Like honestly, when I'm doing it, I don't you know you know it's like it's a lot to do, but I love it when I'm doing it, even if it's just the words because it's something that I'm creating, and it's just you know you're bringing it to life, right? So have you found that the more times you do it, the quicker you get? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it probably took hours the first time and minutes, you know, by now. Seriously, yeah. But um, and also it will depend on 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 what's going on in the page too, because some could be really easy that I could get done in a day, and then sometimes uh, um, I'm working on something for a while, for like a few days, just because I oh, there's so much in here, I don't want to uh, um, I don't want to blow anything, and then and also like when you're doing the dialogue to a comic book, I don't like to give too much away. I like to give enough, but you know, being a big fan of Dragon Ball Z and a bunch of uh, of, of anime cartoons, uh, they have a tendency to give away too much information, which over complicates the plot. And I'm like, no, just give them a little bit. Don't give them too much. Just give them enough to make them want to read and want to continue. You know. Yeah. But anytime anyone's ever asked me, uh, um, like a few people I've met also kind of asked uh, for any aspiring uh, writers or car- cartoons, anybody doing something like what to do, like should they go to art school or anything like that? And 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 I, I had to be honest with them. I was like, if you're going to do something like uh, go to one of these, like uh, the Art Institute or, or like where I went or the Academy of Art in San Francisco, this is something that you should really want to do. You know, this is something, I mean, don't go if just somebody somebody says, uh, hey, you're pretty good. You're pretty good at drawing. Yeah. <laughs> good at doing some sketches. Well, keep, yeah, if you, the Art Academies and the Art Institute, those are private schools. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah. going to cost 40 grand a year. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. So if, uh, you're, if your initial goal isn't, if you're not going to go, well, fuck it, I can't make comic books. I'm going to go illustrate advertisements and cartoons. Uh, you may not want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would seriously just uh, uh, recommend maybe either going to a local college or, or whatever stuff and see whatever. But but um, but if I could give any advice to people uh, about how to to uh, what what to get into or whatever, I would recommend Joseph Campbell because that's what I read and that's what we learned at school on on uh, creating a character and writing a story in a three X structure. Because uh, basically, George Lucas read that. You know, if you yep. really look at the three X structure, that's that's Star Wars right there. You know, the act one of the hero and meeting the old man who gives them a gift and all this is, it's all, it's all written there for you. You just got to find your own way. Yep. Uh, even the, the second Mad Max movie followed the same structure. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool stuff. 
Um, but yeah, George Lucas was all about Joseph Campbell and the the hero with a thousand faces. Yeah, and yeah the, the hero's structure. journey. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, that's all very. Yeah, actually, you know what? If you're thinking, you know, if you're not a traditional writer, but you'd like to write a story, you should definitely start with Joseph Campbell. Yeah, yeah, because uh, like honestly, when I, when I heard it, when uh, I was in a creative writing class and teachers going through it, the ideas just started coming to my head. Uh, uh, wherever wherever part we were in, I'm seeing these the story form in my head, and. Um, and I was just like, oh, I, 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 uh, I got to write something. I got to get something on paper immediately. So it was funny. Like, okay, I went to AI from 2000 to 2012. Somewhere in between there when I took this creative writing class, I took a semester off just to write. And this was after, after that class because I uh, M was starting to roll in my brain. I was like, I got to get this on paper. I got I to gotta start writing this down. So I basically wrote the first six comic books then. And uh, I didn't draw them. I just had the stories written out. And then I returned to school and then eventually got to the uh, the graphic novel class where I made it a possibility. <laughs> okay. Um, so why don't you give us a little info on your characters and your story, and we'll start doing a wrap-up. Great. All right. Well, and comic books is deal, uh, uh, essentially a story about friendship, love, and revenge. Because uh, 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 M, this is a crazy uh, kid. He's an abandoned child. Uh, he lives in the woods with these uh, uh, creatures called cabbids. They're like a cross between a rabbit and a, a dog, and um, and he just ends up thinking that he's one of them. He even, you know, they have enemies with other cabbids, like with bad ones. And uh, and in the process of of killing some, he you know he's collected their fur and he's created he creates himself a suit of this cabbid fur. And there's ways to sort of morbid, but this more he's kind of a morbid character. Really, you <laughs> read it, but um. He's the hero, I guess, in the story in some weird way. Revaldraham, uh, W is uh, is the woman he falls in love with, and Chaos is his best friend. And they, uh, M loses his cabbage friends, and he just got to go and get them back. And that's what's led to everything that's been going on in my comic books. Was just just having his cabbage friends taken away from him, and he got into trouble, and uh, and uh, he just wanted to get them back. Chaos helped him get them back. Which has led to uh, the, where Chaos and Company, where they where they parted ways, and now Chaos has made some, made a horrible mistake by turning W into a statue. Now he's got to go and find M wherever the hell he is in space, and and bring him back. And that's what this new adventure. Chaos okay, and, and, so, and that's where Chaos and Company starts. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, about how long? Let me, let me see the right way to ask this question. So you just released the first book of Chaos. Economy. Yeah. When do you expect the second to be out? Probably uh, next year. Uh, hopefully in time for uh, Modesto Con 2. Okay. <laughs> because uh, I, I'm working on um, other projects right now in between that. I'm going to get Chelsea and hopefully Leon to help me with the, with the next one. But I have other projects because um, I'm getting back to doing M. And I'm going to be starting a, a new series right now too. And now with my uh, website up. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just posting content, like, if not every day, every week and stuff. I want to get some stuff up and going. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, I have a, a new project I'm, I'm coming up with right now that I'm promoting on, uh, on my Slash Mac Comics called 2012. And it uh, has nothing to do with the, with the movie. The movie. <laughs> Uh, has nothing to do with the with even the Mayan calendar or anything like that. I created this series years ago. I came up with it like in the early '90s when I was drawing comics, and it was basically just um, a story of me and my friends 
uh, had no real plot. <laughs> it was just trying to get friends and inside jokes and just uh, uh, just a bunch of goofing off. But a lot of my friends liked it, and I was teasing in the past few years about doing it again. And then uh, I just I couldn't write a good story that I liked for it that I was really happy about it because I got to write something and, I, and really fall in love with it. And so uh, after trial and error, I finally wrote something because I incorporated something that I really love into it, and that's wrestling. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm a huge wrestling mark. Uh, and so I was like, well, I, I, I'm like, I got to write about something I love, write about something that I really like, something I'm into. And, um, and the story, even though it's called 2012, it actually takes place in uh, 1992. And there's a reason for that because there's an impending alien invasion coming and stuff. And they, uh, these people found out about it and they're on their way. But since they're across the galaxy, it's going to take them 20 years to get here. And like, oh, well, what's 20 years from now? 2012. So this is all just the build up to that. Uh, and I'm finally going to be able to fill in these gaps uh, of stories I've had in my brain forever. All these scattered stories. I'm just trying to bring them all together and... Uh, and do um, get them out. Yeah, yeah, just get them out because it's really because uh, uh, I had this whole series called Bedlam City, and there's uh, and there's so many of these episodes. I don't even actually know how many I drew of these in the either the late nineties or the from two thousand to two thousand nine before I went to art school. But I forgot about like nine of them. And um, while I'm digging through my comic books to find content to post on my website, I found nine comic books that I I, I forgot that I drew. And I'm reading them, I'm like, oh, this is crazy. I need to publish these. This is nuts. It's like they were seriously like lost episodes. That's like kind of awesome. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, well, I'll, I'll republish these in some way, but I can still use the stories in the new 2012 that I'm, I'm going to be uh, coming up with. So, um, and that's something that uh, I just started right now, and I, I'm hoping to publish that one in January. After I'm done with that, I want to get back to M because I'm republishing um, the series of book three, which is episode uh, issues 18 or I mean 13 through uh, 22 and then I'll be at my 22nd M comic book in um, uh, four years yeah that's my longest running series uh, that uh, I'm I'm mostly proud of but uh, 2012 is something different because it's here on earth and there's humans and stuff and it's gonna be uh, again friends but I changed the names so I just I can do whatever I want. Right. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, that could be your likeness. Yeah, that could be you. Nobody's suing you. Not you. Yeah. And uh, you get hit by a bus. And no one's going to sue me. But no, I'm not going to do anything like that. But uh, I wanted to bring back this series. I And I even posted it on my website. I'm like, I don't care if anybody reads it or likes it. This is for me and my friends. This is a throwback. And for family, too. Uh, just uh, all kinds of just incidents of things that have happened in life and throwing them into a comic book. Because a lot of friends and even family have told me, why don't you write about this? Why don't you tell about about this time? And I don't know how to do that in M because that's a sci-fi story that takes place in space. I'm like, I need to do something that's down to earth. Beside, because um, there is a connection between 2012 and M, but it's very distant. And this is uh, my chance to, to link them. It's going to be a long story to tell in between, but that's, you know, that's... Uh, you but know, that's what, what it to. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right on. So um, are you doing either uh, Classic Con or Central Valley Con this year? Uh, no. Colossus Con sent me an invitation. I couldn't do it because it's pretty expensive. It is. It's very expensive. Um, I think because uh, for, for uh, Modesto Con, ended up costing me, well, you know, I, I really had like three months to put everything together, but I put in at least $750 into that, 250 being comics, yeah. everything else being banners, uh, 
the wheel, <laughs> the, all the stuff for that stickers, all the, the cupcakes I, aren't cheap. Yeah, <laughs> all this stuff I gave away. Oh well, uh, the cookies were actually made by Frost Bakery, and that's where I work, and they're nice. Oh, enough. okay. Yeah, they're nice. They're a bakery here in town, over at, uh, over on Carpenter Road, and they were nice enough to make me the cookies and stuff. And people loved it because, yeah, as you recall, there were no there, there was were no, no food there was vendors no there. Food. Yeah. So people were like, oh, sweets, well, candy. I had a bowl of candy on my desk. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and, I or saw my that. table, and people were just like, oh my. God. <laughs> I know. I had my bullet candy. People go, well, we're going to reach up. I go, oh, yeah, you got to spin the wheel. I'm like, okay. And then you just spin it and hopefully win some candy. So at least I know next year more stuff. And then hopefully they know next year. Well, hopefully next year they're at least going to get taco trucks or something down there. Something. Because I know, I mean, I was bringing in cases of soda and water every uh-huh. morning because yeah. I was like, there's nothing to drink mm-hmm. around here. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, so it was a fun event, but still, it was like, oh, come on, give me something. Uh, uh, WonderCon had, you know, so many, so many things. There pizza, all kinds of other stuff. WonderCon, I, I spent over $1,000 on all of that because I had to go out of town. For well, that that's too. Anaheim. And so Anaheim. That's four hours in your car each way if you're lucky. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, that was a lot of money to that one. Yeah, that always pissed me off. You know, when we lived in Santa Cruz for years, and WonderCon used to be in San Francisco mm-hmm, and Oakland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was an hour away. You know, so we'd come, we'd take the kids, and, you know, we'd blow a couple hundred bucks and have a good time. Yeah. So why would you, at San Diego Comic-Con, buy a comic convention up north and then move it down south? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, you should check out Stockton Con. Hell yeah. of a show. Yeah. Tons of people there. I, I heard about I, I would have yeah. been. It would have been nice. I wasn't I wasn't going to go, and then it turned out some of the people that had been on the show were going to uh, be there. Especially after you told me that the wrestlers were there. Cause I yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ke- I didn't get to talk to any of them. Kevin Nash is a freakishly huge man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a tall guy. Yeah. I know they were here uh, last weekend. Uh, not them, but um, like Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, really? Yeah, they had an event at John Thurman Field, from what I heard of. Oh, shit. No, I missed that completely. See, I haven't yeah. watched wrestling in years uh, now. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like, when the Monday Night Wars ended, I didn't give a shit after that. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, uh, when Stone Cold, because Stone Cold, it's funny, he was the one that brought me in, because I was just like, who's this guy? And at first, you know, I don't know what to think about him. This is... Uh, uh, just thought it, he was just kind of an asshole, you know, just this yep. beer swigging guy, couldn't all this shit, but I ended up liking him, like, just like everybody else, just, you know, oh, he yeah. was a heel, but people loved him, <laughs> I became a big fan, and then when he left in the early 2000s, after, you know, with his knee or whatever, uh, I stopped watching, I really didn't give a crap about these up, up and coming, coming wrestlers, like, John Cena and CM Punk, and they ended up being the biggest stars yep. on there afterwards, and I got into it uh, again, um, uh, in uh, uh, two years ago, when um, Brock Lesnar was to wrestle the Undertaker. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Undertaker's never lost at WrestleMania." Well, you know, just last last weekend. Okay, so I was a bigger WCW guy. Uh, My problem with WWE slash WWF had always been they took Dusty Rhodes and made him a polka dotted plumber. Yeah, they took. The Von Erichs, you know, Kerry Von Erich, and made him the Texas Tornado. Yeah, yeah. They took, you know, so I'm looking at all these guys going, no, I know who these people are, and I know what you're doing, and I'm not okay with, you took Kurt Henning and made him Mr. Perfect. I mean, they actually did something with him. Mm-hmm. But then you take Kurt Henning's son and give make him Axel something yeah, or another. Yeah, yeah, You know, I liked NWA wrestling back in the day. Mm-hmm. They were rougher. I mean, yeah, the crowds were smaller, but they were rougher. Yeah, they yeah. weren't as cleanly polished. The ring was smaller. When they punched you, it looked like it fucking hurt. Yeah, yeah, that's good you know? stuff. <laughs> um, I was Benoit fan. I know that's oh, yeah. not a thing to say yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and 
I do not gloss over what he did. He murdered his family. He's oh, a yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, but, he, but during his day, I was a Malenko and Benoit yeah. fan. Yeah. And honestly, when they put the two of them and the horsemen, I was stoked. Oh, yeah. The four horsemen yep. classic. But when when that whole thing ended, when WWE or WWF, <laughs> whatever they were going by at the time, bought... WCW, yeah. it just kind of ended my thing. I was a Goldberg mark. Yeah, just yeah. just a weekend ago, I played all seventy six in a row of his victories. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I just went to YouTube. Somebody had a playlist <laughs> of them. Oh, nice! I should check that out. Yeah, it went all the way up to him winning the world title that night. Yeah, you know that's really when the when the best time in wrestling ended. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't the same anymore. It well, it was the last time we thought it might be real too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we everybody everybody knew. <laughs> oh yeah, you know everybody knew. But when you watch Kevin Nash spike Rey Mysterio into a trailer wall, <laughs> or dudes come out of the crowd that you yeah, it had a surprise element. Yeah, that, yeah. That, you know they, they don't have anymore. Not only that, there hasn't been any competition for the McMahon family. No, since definitely then. not. Yeah, TNA tried and they shit it out. Yeah, well, I was I was actually excited. I actually started watching again for about a month when that happened. I'm yeah. like, you guys squandered all of that. There's a small resurgence with them now because of uh, this thing called uh, Brother Nero, uh, the delete, delete. Uh, the, okay, the uh, the Hardy Brothers. The Hardy okay, Bro- yeah, they're coming up now with this new gimmick because uh, uh, yeah, uh, Matt Hardy like just lost his mind and he's this new character now. He's got the streak of like white hair and. He does this weird fake uh, voice. It's kind of semi-British or whatever. But he did an interview recently on on Chris Jericho's podcast and stayed in character the whole time. And it's been great for them. They did this thing called the Ultimate Deletion, where he's gonna where he challenged his brother Matt Hardy or uh, or Jeff Hardy to a, a big match out in the open, some big field at night, and it was uh, you know they had the lights off and everything. Everyone was watching it. Even WWE was watching it, and it's been one of the one of the like people been watching it on YouTube and everything. And it's it's spiked. It's uh, people loved it, uh, and it's starting to bring Impact Wrestling. Uh, up to speed because I, I watch it. I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I haven't seen much of the Lucha Underground because that's on at the same time as uh, NXT. You know, I'm a fan of that because NXT, uh, even though it's a WWE product, it's run by Triple H and it's a whole different show. There's much smaller venues and there are these up and coming wrestlers and they're great and you get to really see some good old fashioned wrestling. They don't spend a lot of time on the mic uh, and with these crazy storylines like the WWE is now, it, it's almost a throwback to uh, like old school wrestling, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that was always like one of my things. I preferred to see him actually wrestle. Yeah, you know, I, I want I want a storyline underneath oh, it. Yeah, yeah. But I want more storytelling as they're kicking the shit out of each other and yeah. not you know that's why that South Park where they did the wrestling <laughs> and they would decorate the ring like it was a forest and they yeah it was, that was a play. So, that yeah. was uh, that you know that's what I love about South Park. They you know they nail they nail it like right on the head because yeah. that's all it was. Vince doesn't didn't care that. <laughs> for anyone there who had actually any any uh, wrestling skills, you're like, oh, you're an actor. Oh, you're great. You know, yeah. as long as if you could say those lines, which is true, because uh, like because like right now in wrestling, uh, one of uh, Vince's favorite guys is this guy called Roman Reigns. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's one of the Samoan guys. Yeah, he wore, yeah. He, he was like Aquaman. He, he wore blue contacts, <laughs> and the chicks probably went nuts every time he walked out of the house. Seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you saw, uh, yeah, oh, you did see Batman vs Superman. Yes, you see Aquaman. Roman Reigns looks like <laughs> okay, yeah. And this guy, he's a great wrestler, uh, but not so great on the on the mic. He doesn't have the mic skills. He's like one of Rock's cousins. Like the whole all the Samoans, all, are all almost real. all of them are yeah. within first or second cousins. Yeah. yeah. And you know, 
Rock's dad was right out of Hayward. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Rocky Johnson and uh, yeah. Peter Maivia were both wrestlers in the California oh, market. Wow. I, well, I knew they were in the. I thought they were in the Bay Area. That's cool. I didn't know that they were that close. Yeah, he was at. Well, they did. I mean, when they. But this was. Okay, back in the NWA territory days, Modesto yeah. was part of the San Francisco market, if I remember right. Oh, wow. So they were out of Hayward area, but they would tra- travel through Central Coast, Central California, mm-hmm. to Northern California. Mm. And then when, well, see, I don't know how much you know about the old territory days. I, I'm familiar now, yeah. but not with anything here in California. Yeah, I mean, so, this is all in the South. So, yeah, so South. guys like Pat Patterson were here in California. So oh, they'd wow. wrestle here in Modesto downtown back. Uh, Haystack Calhoun, I think, would come through here, but I don't think he was from here. Okay, all right. Um, but what would happen is, so you, NWA had their world champion, uh-huh. and he traveled the whole country. Nice. So you had your local champions in whatever market you were in, and then when they blew up big, when your local guys blew up big, then he'd go and tour the whole country. Oh, wow. So that's how the territory system would work. That's cool. Yeah, so like Ric Flair would show up, you know, back in the day to be Harley Race, but yeah. you know, he'd show up with the with oh, title. I see any of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, but back in the day, those guys were all local to this market before they'd get big and then go um, travel. That's cool. But right. yeah, so, but to your point that almost all the Samoans were related yeah. to Peter Maivia. Yeah, yeah. And so. And yeah, Roman Reigns is the guy right now that Vince was trying to push, at least, and the, the fans just weren't accepting, at least the smart fans. The smart marks is a con. Because uh, just, I don't know, maybe it's Mike skills or whatever, or, or he was getting a push too quickly. You know, like, if you're going to get the championship belt, you should at least work your way up, like getting yep. the continental belt. People resent that when you push somebody too fast. Yeah, yeah. and it's happening because they were booing him. When he won the Royal Rumble, he got booed out of the building. And they're like, no, fuck it. Keep pushing him. Keep trying to push him. And, and you know, the fans didn't want him being shoved down the throat. So they just said, no, they just don't like him. Bunch of stuff happened. He just not, now doesn't have the title or whatever. But because uh, everyone's saying turn him heel, yeah, you know. But I don't know why they're trying to pass him off for as the a, Rock. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It did Nobody liked him. I hated him when I first watched him. I hated the Rock. He was a people's champ, you know. And he was with Vince McMahon and all this stuff. I hated him, and then I learned to love him just because yeah. you know he's a great personality. But. Yeah. Huge wrestling fan. I'm always going to be wrestling. Right on. All right. So, Valente, if people want to find you, where can they find you on the interwebs? Well, SlashMadComics.com. That's the best way. Uh, right there, I have links to everything as well. If you just go to uh, to uh, where my pages are up at the top, you'll find links to my to my Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I have links to my shop, to uh, to my M shop, where we have T-shirts and everything, buttons. And uh, if you look there, you'll find links to them, comics pages. I, I like to make it as easy as possible for anybody to find it. Awesome. All right, everybody. Well, you can find us at geekishcast.com on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekishcast. And I tweet from at the geekishcast. Valente, thank you for coming by. Thank you very much. I've had a great time. Yeah, sorry about all the noise and whatnot. <laughs> but I don't mind at all. All right, everybody. Go check out Valente's work at magslash.com. And we'll catch you. Mag. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> at slashmag.com. And I'll catch you all next time. Thank you for listening to Geekish Cast. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to us. You can find us on iTunes, Android, TuneIn, Stitcher, and on our own website at geekishcast.com. Geekish Cast is a Vias and Victor production. If you got a thought or a comment or think you or somebody you know would be a good guest for Geekish Cast, please feel free to reach out and contact me. You can email me, thegeekishcast at gmail.com or jeremy at thegeekishcast. Or you can even phone me at 209-232-6001. I'll keep my ears out for you.